In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, We are uh, at the penultimate end of this season. Next week is Christ the King Sunday, and that will be the end of this long green season. And then in two weeks, we begin the season of Advent, where we prepare for the coming of Christ the Messiah. And so we are starting to think about what kind of a season of Advent we will keep. The more that we think about it, that we prepare for it, the more disciplined we spend our Advent season, the more advantageous it will be to us spiritually, the more that we will be able to grow and hearken to the Lord. And so the readings today are already starting to bring us close to uh, thinking about these themes of watchfulness that we will see during the Advent season. Here in Matthew chapter 25, we're following hard upon the parable of the virgins. You'll remember where the theme of that parable was to, to watch, to be ready, to be vigilant for the coming of the Messiah. And these, uh, this parable here about the talents is uh, following on that same theme of watchfulness and preparedness. The parable on its surface is very simple, isn't it? We have a master and we have some servants. Indeed, it's easy to see how the master is God the Father and how we're the servants and how some of us have uh, different abilities than others. Indeed, all of us have varying abilities and according to our ability uh, is what we're given and uh, then we'll be rewarded according to how it is that we uh, manage what it is that we've been given. It's very straightforward. Uh, you were seeing themes of um, agriculture. You were seeing themes of family. Now you see a theme of banking investment. Uh, people that say there's no capitalism in the scripture. Uh, I wonder uh, what you could do with this parable. It's a very straightforward. And anybody that's ever done any kind of investing, if you've ever had a pension that's been managed, if you've ever had your own investments that have been managed, if you've ever thought about what do I do with this little bit of cash that I have, uh, and you're the manager of that money, and you're going to somebody for help you see on the surface how really straightforward and obvious this parable is it's it's obvious really is the parable of the two sons that jesus starts this narrative with several chapters ago where he says which one did what he was supposed to do the the one who said it or the one who did it it's that obvious right so if you go to an investment manager if you go to somebody who's going to help you manage your money and they say the market could crash doom and gloom we could all die let's take this pile of money and bury it in the backyard you're going to step slowly away from that person right and say not only am i not giving you money but i'm going to suggest that other people uh don't come to talk with you either right you're not somebody that i'm going to go to Indeed, somebody who doubles our money is somebody that we're going to give more to. We're going to say, oh, you've managed that well. I'm going to give you more money. We all follow this principle. All of us as managers of our own money uh, understand this lesson very straightforwardly. And we know that we're going to go to somebody with ability, that is somebody with a track record, to be responsible and to do what they've said that they were going to do. And so we can see how uh, important it is to think about where we are in response to what it is that the Lord has given us. The, the talents here are an image for all that the Lord has given. The talent in the ancient world was a weight measurement 
that we could think of as being a ton. It's not as heavy as a ton, but um, you know, it's multiple pounds, right? And uh, like our money, it has the kind of a weight equivalent. So the talent was a weight measurement, but it was also a money measurement uh, because so often, you know, gold or silver or other precious things would be weighed, and this is how money was determined. And you'll remember that the drachma was the wage that was most commonly associated with a day's earnings. So you would earn one drachma for a day. A talent would be thousands of drachmas. So the uh, one talent that's given is the equivalent to about 20 years of work. So this is really a lifetime's earnings, if you will, that this one talent represents. You can see then that the two talents and the five talents are many lifetimes worth of earnings. And when we think about what it is that we've been given, what kind of um, earnings that we have or what the Lord has given us, we have to think, of course, about the time that we've been given. We have to look at that time. We have to look at our talents, what abilities the Lord has given us. Indeed, that's where the English word talent comes from, is from this parable. And then we have to think about our treasure, what, what resources we've been given, whether it's money or property or clothes or any of the things that we've been given. And are we using those things according to God's will? Indeed, we can even look at people, can't we? We can look at the people in our lives, our children, our grandchildren, our relations. How are we dealing with them? How are we raising them up? And are we uh, treating them in the way that the Lord wants us to? Are we bringing back a return to their lives? And so we have to also look at the fact that uh, we're going to take the, the master at his, at his word, that the, the one who's given two is giving according to his ability, but you'll see no complaint from him about being given two, right? And this is what our society wants to start with, right? Is to say, oh, you should uh, be upset that you weren't given what the one who was given five, right? He doesn't do that. He simply does what's best with what's been given him, and he produces um, a doubling of what's been given. So uh, out of his time, his talent, and his treasure. Also important is that even though these numbers become radically different, that the, the two is less than half of five, the reward that they're given is the same. That's very important. Because even though each of us is given a different time in life, even of us, each of us are given different abilities, each of us are given different opportunities, the reward that we will earn in heaven is exactly the same. He says, enter into my joy. So the joy that we enter into in Christ's kingdom is going to be the same for all of us. There isn't one kingdom for one group of people and another kingdom for another group. All peoples will uh, be able to celebrate in that joy according to what they've done. So even though one has now four and the other one has ten, they're both given the same. They're given this intimacy of joy with the Father. And that is the reward that we look for. Then the one who's given one, his response is, I was afraid, okay? And so we'll take him at his word. He was afraid. We all experience fear. We all experience the fear of consequences of our actions, right? We uh, realize, gee, because of what I do, there's going to be some consequence, and, and we all react differently. Some people, when they're afraid, they pull into oncoming traffic, and some people slow down and pull to the side of the road, right? We all respond differently when there's some stress or some fear in our lives, and we really have to look and say, how is it that I respond to stress? How is it that I respond to fear? Am I going to shut my myself down? Am I going to go away and not do anything? Or am I going to be bold in action? Am I going to take the steps soberly uh, with planning that are necessary to bring about a good result? Now, the master says something very different. 
The servant says, I was afraid. The master says he was slothful and wicked. Those are two kind of different things, aren't they? So we're also going to take the master at his word. That the servant who got one was slothful and was wicked. So what does that mean? The fathers say that bearing it in the earth is symbolic of being selfish and thinking about physical or worldly things. So instead of being focused on the kingdom of God, this is somebody who's thinking about themselves, who's looking for a slothful way, the easy way through life, who's looking to just get what they can to get by, who's not looking to their responsibilities, somebody who's just looking to have a great time, party hard, and we'll see what tomorrow brings, right? And we all, I think, can relate to that. If we haven't done it ourselves, we know people who live their lives that way with no real thought to consequence. And indeed, this is what uh, Zephaniah, uh, the ninth of the minor prophets, is pointing to. Zephaniah is um, a contemporary of Jeremiah, and he is warning the people uh, in the time uh, before the exile that they need to uh, beware that there will be consequences or if you will, results for their actions. I really like results, because so often we think of consequences as being from outside. I did something, and then my dad said, this is going to be the consequence for your action. And sometimes those things don't seem to square up with our earthly fathers, right? Because we're fallen and we're broken, we don't always have the right consequences. But for our Heavenly Father, these are natural uh, consequences. These are the results, if you will, of what we do. And so Zephaniah is saying two things. He's saying, number one, remember that God has already won. So that needs to be your focus. Instead of being afraid, focus on the fact that God has already won. He's already defeated death. He's already set up the banquet for his uh, groom to be married to the bride, the church. We have already been consecrated, set aside for God's goodness and his plan in the kingdom. The banquet's already been set. We've already been invited. He says, the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice, has prepared. Notice that. Has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. It's done. The party in heaven has already started. We're supposed to be getting there. We're not supposed to be sidetracked or distracted from other things. The warning then is with those people that say, forget about that. Forget about that consecration. Ignore it. Forget about the banquet. And think that there are no consequences to your actions. So these are people that that teach themselves and others that there will be no consequences. There's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no afterlife, there's no real spiritual consequence to our lives. We're not responsible for those that come after us. Just do what you want right now and forget about it, right? He says, I will search Jerusalem with lamps. Christ fulfilled this prophecy. Jesus did exactly what Zephaniah said he was going to do. He went into Jerusalem, and what does he do? He searches through the temple grounds. He searches all through Judea, and he's looking for righteous people, right? And he says, I'm finding righteous people where the prophets didn't think that I would. Right? So he's searching for these righteous ones. And he says, he will punish the men who are complacent, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or ill. In other words, God's not going to do anything. So what have they done? They've separated their behavior, their actions, from the results that are brought about naturally by God. They've said there's a separation there. And St. Paul is saying, this isn't who we are. We know that God is coming. We know that it will not be when we expect it. 
We know that it could be when we're asleep. So we're going to be prepared whether we're awake or we're asleep by putting on the armor of God and by being sober in our minds, clear in our focus, with the knowledge of what is to come, acknowledging all that the Lord has given us and bringing everything we have to bear, all of our time, all of our talent, all of our treasure, everything God has given us for His purpose. And he summarizes this with the great Christian virtues, of which there are three, faith, hope, and love. Virtues are those things that are always good all the time. There's never a time when it's not good to love. So love is not giving people what they want when they want it. It's not happing people up. Love is to have compassion, to say, I understand where you're at. God wants better things for you. We're going to move into what God wants for you. That's compassion. To say, I understand where you are. I'm going to help you move forward. Faith is to say, I can't see it right now with my eyes, but I know the will of God. I know his plan, and I'm going to act towards it. When we planted Jesus the Good Shepherd, actually when we were just talking about planting Jesus the Good Shepherd, about eight people met in my mother's living room, and three of the ladies that met started to set aside their tithes and offerings. Before we ever had a prayer service, we had $2,000 in the bank. You know we've never touched that $2,000? We've never gone below that? So even though we couldn't see all of you, we couldn't see the seats here, we couldn't see the address, we couldn't see what is happening now, by faith, we said, here's what the Lord's doing, what do we need to do today to make sure that that happens? What is it I need to do right now? So setting that money aside, saying we're going to need it in the future for the worship of God is an act of faith. We do it every morning when we get ready for the day, right? We say, I know I'm going to need clothes. I know I'm going to need to have my teeth brushed. I know I'm going to need to have my keys. I know I'm going to need to have my phone. I know these are the things I'm going to need to do. Even though I can't see myself right now at 5 o'clock, I can prepare for what's going to happen. That's faith. And hope is to actually desire those things of God. To have our hearts transformed so that we really want the things that God is doing. We're yearning, we're stretching forward for those things. So it's not a matter of, uh, do I really have to use some of my time? It's this hunger and thirst to give all of my time and talent and treasure to the things of God, to His plans and His purpose. So who are these bankers? Don't you read this parable and say, I get it all but the bankers. That's interesting, isn't it? We don't always expect to see bankers in the first century, do we? In the ancient world. And here the Lord says to the one, you should have gone to a banker. I can identify with the guy who had two, right? I don't have everything everybody else has, right? I don't have the greatest ability, right? Uh, but I'm hoping that what little I have, I can go forward. Unfortunately, I can also identify with the guy who had one. I don't know about the rest of you, but I have from time to time been slothful and wicked and selfish with what the Lord has given me, not used it well. And the advice to that person, the advice to the slothful, the advice to the wicked is, you could have at least gone to a banker. Who's the banker? The banker is the one who knows how, has proven how, to take a little bit of what God has given and to turn it into a lot over time. So who do we know in our lives 
who has spiritually taken all the things that God has given them, their family, their careers, their time, their abilities, and turned it into more, increased it. These are the people that we call the saints. In my life, Bishop John David, Father George and Judy, my grandmothers, people that showed me how to take a little bit of what they were given and to make the most of it, to have a return in faith. I may not be the priest that you want to talk to, but go and talk to one. I may not be the pastoral counselor that you need to talk to, but you need to go and talk to one. We all do. None of us are doing this on our own. We all need help. We all need mentors. We all need encouragement. We all need support. We all need to go to someone who has a proven track record of taking a little bit of what God has given and turning it into so much more. May we too increase in our spiritual gifts and may we all hear at the end of the days, well done, good and faithful servant.